0: I have to say, like, when you were like, when you watched the first few minutes and you were like, this seems like something Tori would like, I watched the first, like, just even just that first 60 seconds with the fucking, like, acid jazz music and shit. I was like, oh my God, this seems like a show Dustin would
1: hate. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly what I thought.
0: Exactly. I was like, oh, I can just imagine him rolling his eyes.
2: Welcome to Podjiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba contributor Dan Hamamura, and with me as always are Pajiba TV editor Tori Preston.
0: Hello, Dan.
2: Hello, Tori. And Pajiba bon vivant, Dustin Rolls. I am a fancy
1: person. Hello,
2: Dan. That's a a nickname that Dustin gave himself. That's (laughs) right, yes. Congratulations, Dustin. Uh, (laughs) This week, uh, we again shockingly watched the same television shows, which is... I'm, I'm getting worried that we're, uh, we're focusing down on on too few shows, guys. I think uh, it's
0: okay. I, I wouldn't worry. I'm about to talk <laughs> no. about DuckTales, so I think we're well, safe.
2: Well, <laughs> that's coming up also, but uh, we're going to talk about The Outsider. We're going to talk about Devs, uh, and uh, Dustin will take us to Riverdale. But uh, first, what's everyone drinking?
1: So this week um, at Trader Joe's, I got something, a wine <laughs> called Castle Rock, <laughs> because I thought it would be appropriate for the podcast. It's a 2014 Pinot Noir, and I hate Pinot Noir. I just hate it. It's disgusting. And this Castle Rock is from Sonoma County, so it's not even from Maine.
0: <laughs> so you just failed on, like, a lot of levels.
2: Yes. And how is it? Why? No, it's terrible. Why would they... <laughs>
1: Why did you buy it? Because it's Castle Rock. And we're a TV podcast. Yeah, but okay.
0: Is that the name of the vineyard? Or is that the name of their Pinot
1: Noir? Yeah. It's Castle Rock. I don't know. It says Castle Rock on the label. Castle Rock Winery.
0: (laughs) Winery. So they probably have other wines. They might have a nice Castle Rock Pinot Gris. Oh.
1: I didn't even think of that. I just saw Castle Rock, and I was like, oh, my God, cool. <laughs> wow. But how uh, can well, you call it Castle Rock if it's not in Maine?
0: I...
2: Maybe it's uh, Castle Rock, the production company. Yeah. Mm, I suppose you know. so. Then why are they selling it in Maine, Trader Joe's? Because they sell lines in. from a lot
0: of different places. <laughs> It's yeah. not all Maine blueberry
2: wine. Oh. I don't know how people drink Pinot Noir. It's so gross. I'm drinking Pinot Noir. <laughs> it's disgusting.
0: Are you drinking Castle Rock Pinot Noir?
2: I'm not. I'm drinking uh, another bottle of Angeline because uh, it's uh screw top and it's $7. <laughs> so I like a good screw I'll, top. I'll expand out next week. But, Wait, uh, Angeline? Yeah. So
1: every time I go to Trader Joe's now, I'm trying to remember the things that you guys had, and I never do.
2: Oh.
0: Well, so I'm drinking the second bottle of the stuff that I picked up last week, because I really like it. And it is the, (laughs) again, Apothic Inferno. Apothic being that brand of wine that I'm assuming only suburban housewives drink. (laughs) Um, And this is the one that's aged in whiskey barrels.
2: Okay. Oh, that's right.
1: Apothic Inferno and Angeline.
0: Yes.
1: I'm not going to remember. You're not
0: going to remember. You could take notes.
1: No, no, I don't want to take notes. I want to take You
2: could the listen number. to the episode yeah, after it releases.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you Why queue I it I up <laughs> while you're shopping.
2: <laughs> you know, when I send it to you for quality control purposes, <laughs> I'm like, hey, make sure that you didn't say anything dumb. Uh, this explains a lot now. I listen to the
1: first part every time because I actually, the theme song is amazing. The good theme job, The theme Juan song
2: is really good. Yes. Yeah, good job, one.
0: I'll tell him you said that. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing the Pod cast cast listens to is the theme song—the thing that they have nothing to do with.
2: Right. (laughs) It's really good,
1: and and Dan does a really good job picking the cold opens.
2: Oh, thanks. That's uh, it takes a long time. I actually have like a a mental
0: list of best cold, like my favorite cold opens. Dan always does a wonderful job.
2: (laughs) That's. This is all going to be cut out because I'm embarrassed. Um, So let's move on from my embarrassment to uh, Tori's non-embarrassment. Dustin spoiled it. It's DuckTales. Uh, My deep uh, and
0: proud love of uh, Your deep and
2: proud love and uh, (laughs) not shameful at all love of DuckTales.
0: I have no shame. Um, No why would you? (laughs) (laughs) So this week I wanted to you know sadly I can't give you a DuckTales recap because the new season hasn't premiered but in exciting TV news because occasionally we cover news um, Disney did announce the premiere date of the next season season three which is coming back on April 4th. At 9.30 a.m. because this is a children's show. (laughs) Uh, It's a morning premiere. And uh, they also announced some of the kind of plot and guest stars because for some reason this is the kind of children's cartoon where that matters.
2: Well, they get big names, though.
0: They get huge. And so this new season, they've got some really good names. Um, They have got Selma Blair, Giancarlo Mm. Esposito, Stephanie Beatriz, uh, Doug Jones, Retta, Clancy Brown, my favorite voice actor, <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Marsters, B.B. um, and they have uh, Adam Paley and Hugh Bonneville.
1: <clears throat> oh, oh, Yeah,
0: so they've got a good lineup, Jaleel White. And then they also, uh, they were talking about, so like last season a big thing was that Darkwing Duck was featured. Um, they had like a plot line involving Dark, Darkwing Duck. Well, this season they're going to have characters from Tailspin and Chippendale's Rescue Rangers as well. Ooh, so that's where nice. this all goes in. Uh, in addition to that, <sighs> and this is going to be a slight spoiler, you know, if you are one of the few people who haven't caught up on season two, uh, there is a, a reminder that the continuation of this. Um, Of of last season, like there was a cliffhanger where there was this evil organization, Um, and one of the characters is Mark Evan Jackson. So that evil organization uh, will be the big kind of
1: cliffhangers and ducktails.
0: Yes, (laughs) it was a big twist, Dustin. It was. Is that the the one
1: where he's a A nine thirty a.m. show has a cliffhanger? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, he has a yeah. It was great. Um, So yeah, so they're going to continue that as well. So those are more. Um, it's Mark Evan Jackson, John Hodgman, Jamila Jamil, and April Winchell are the the bat, the voicing of the villainous cabal. So,
1: You think they'll cross over with the MCU at some point?
0: Well, so they had Don Cheadle
1: do the... I was kidding. Don't. Don't. <laughs> 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 that can't be
2: fake Now let's get into it, was, it. Let's get into some real uh, Ducktales MCU. Uh, so
1: it uh, wasn't
0: series. an MCU crossover, but they did when they they had an episode where uh, Donald Duck was going to get his voice straightened out, so he would talk like a normal person, and they hired Don Cheadle <laughs> to do his voice.
1: Oh, mm. And if you
0: watch nothing else from this show, it's worth looking. Don up Cheadle's
1: like his
2: normal voice
0: as Duck. Yeah, Donald Duck's not screwed up uh, voice. Oh, that's
2: huh. hilarious!
0: It's. Excellent.
2: <laughs> Wait, does that mean that they explained uh, why his voice is the way it is?
0: Yeah, there's like a whole plot, or, is, or something, something happened to him so that his is voice...
2: Is it
1: because he's a duck?
0: <laughs> well, no, because they're all ducks. Oh, <laughs> oh. He's the only one who talks that way.
1: <laughs> he's just very
0: angry. He's like the Hulk. Hmm. Only, you know, War Machine was his voice. <laughs> anyway, DuckTales is great, and that is my DuckTale update.
2: Thanks, Tori. Um, speaking of creatures songs. that live in water <coughs> Whoa. and around water. Look, I previewed this, this segue uh, on the Slack like a week ago, so you can't be surprised, Dustin. Uh, it's time for Dustin's Riverdale recap. <laughs> That's right. Every week uh, when he feels like it, Dustin tells us what happened on what? the CW show Riverdale, which is a real television show that is on season four? Mhm, that's right, at? season oh, no. 4. Um anyway, Dustin has some big updates for us because uh, a lot happened last week. So. That's right. Are you ready for it? Take it away.
1: Jughead is alive.
2: Okay. What would you like
1: to cover next?
2: <laughs> <laughs> First of all, thank you for finally adhering to 10 words or less. <laughs> that I applaud you for that.
0: Yeah, that was second three of all. Words.
2: Um you know, Dustin, you've put in a lot of time over the over the weeks to, to really craft this show that couldn't possibly exist, uh, and I feel like you're kind of phoning it in this week. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, there's not I mean, much I else mean, you can say. He's been alive the whole time.
2: I mean, normally oh. there's uh, there there are dead bodies and rats and no no. Uh, Wait,
0: so Dustin, are you saying would you have us believe that you have constructed some sort of entire cover up? involving Jughead's not death.
1: Um. I didn't concoct this, but this is what has happened. And apparently the entire fucking town was in on his fake death.
0: Okay, well, that's just implausible.
2: (laughs) So were there more people in on it than not in on it? Yes, like,
1: for some reason, everybody knew except for, like, Cheryl... And they had to convince Cheryl by Archie and Betty grieve-fucking, and they're not together anymore. Well, they just made out, and then they're like, ooh. Like, Archie and Betty were, like, made out in front of Cheryl so that she would see that they were grieving. Oh. To sell the story.
0: Because Betty's supposed to be with Jughead, right?
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Awkward. And
1: Archie's Jughead's spectrum. But, like... <laughs> But like at the end of the episode, it's like uh, Archie and Betty uh, start having feelings for one another because of that fake kiss. So that's really the only takeaway of the entire season where they basically led to Jughead's murder, which was a cover up the entire time.
0: So why did he need to fake his own death?
1: Oh, because he's framing the prep school kids. For what? Um, That's unclear. Although, (laughs) in the episode, one of the prep school kids said to the other one, this week's episode, something like, shut your mouth or you'll end up just like Jonathan R.I.P. And you're like, who the fuck is Jonathan? Where did this come from? (laughs) To be fair. Jonathan. And you looked it up and Jonathan is literally the... The black guy in the back of the class, the one black guy and in Riverdale, and he's, dead? and he's dead. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: But they don't attend a prep school.
1: Jughead went started going to a prep school this year because he got accepted because somebody submitted his writing to them.
2: This is a prep school where like his teacher got killed yeah, or jumped out a window or that's something. That's right. That's right. His teacher. <laughs> Why do I know that? That's right.
0: And we're sure the teacher's dead, and that that wasn't also a cover up. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, the
1: teacher's t- so it's dead.
0: I like it's how got, that's obvious. <laughs> there's like a
1: skull and bones thing going on there, and they keep killing people.
2: So how long has Jughead been quote unquote dead? Like, I mean, I mean, in, in Showtime, not in uh, okay, it not in not Thanks. in weeks of episodes.
1: Well, they teased it in the third season finale that Jughead's corpse, and then like we spent most of the season. In a flashback, you know, going up, back up to that moment in which mm-hmm. we discovered his body. And then, like, the last three episodes, he's been dead. And then, sort of, like, out of nowhere, this, this week, he's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> hanging out in the, uh... <laughs> hanging out in his bunk bed in the uh, little, uh, the sex dungeon.
0: <laughs> oh what?
1: There's, like, a, there's like an <laughs> underground bunker where they all go have sex.
0: Okay, Dustin. I appreciate your creativity, (laughs) (laughs) but like that's where you start crossing the line into like I'm a little worried about you. This this is is
2: like one of those yeah where where you turn in your writing assignment to your English teacher and they're like, "Look, Dustin's a very creative child, but uh, we is everything all right at home?" (laughs) By the way, what what
0: was the impetus for Sex Dungeon?
1: (laughs) I do have to mention this. So one of the 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 villainess. Uh, the prep school um, girl follows Betty into the bunker and was like, oh, I'm going to catch, because she's like, suspects that Jughead's still alive. She goes down there and finds Betty making out with Archie because it's all part of the cover. But while she's down there, she sees that there are three milkshakes and she goes back to her friend and's like, there were three milkshakes. Jughead must be alive. <laughs> and you're like, maybe they just bought her an extra milkshake, lady.
2: Anyhow. I mean, yeah. it's, it's common knowledge that nobody buys an extra milkshake. Yeah, no, fair not.
1: I guess not. <laughs> so Have you ever had a shamrock shake? Clearly not.
0: I had one. It was weird. I don't
1: think <laughs> I've had, had one. No, I haven't either. You had one?
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: Is this an annual time- thing or has it just come out this year? No, oh, no, it's, it's annual. Oh, okay. It's annual.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, they. One year, I was working in an office, and my boss took us all out for Shamrock Shakes because Ugh. he insisted that it was something that we all needed to experience. <laughs> um, and you know that was a thing. I, and we were all like, "Okay, we'll, we'll leave the office."
1: <laughs> was it worth it?
0: I mean, <laughs> it was free.
1: You got to
2: leave the office, <laughs> and I got to leave the hour. office.
0: <laughs> I never ordered one again. <laughs>
1: Is it just like a vanilla milkshake with food coloring, or is it actually, like, taste green?
2: it tastes like a shamrock, I assume. Uh, well.
0: it, it, I have no memory of the taste other than, <laughs> if, like, if a, if a mild grimace could be a flavor, oh, that, w- sure. that is my yeah. memory of it. Like, taking a sip and just being like...
2: Uh, Wait, grimace like the like like the,
0: the, the facial McDonald's? expression.
2: No. Oh, okay. I, I oh, thought oh, you were like not like McDonald's. like They put grimace in a blender.
0: But also, why did they name him Grimace?
2: <laughs> That's true. Oh. Uh, the Shamrock Shake is a seasonal green mint flavored milkshake dessert. Mint, oh. according so, to uh, the internet. So, but For I think some here's the problem: I never mint noticed this you associate
0: with like toothpaste and like things that are like oral hygiene, but right. when you Fill it with that much dairy and sugar. It's like it's almost like it no longer is mint because you no longer feel clean.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. I like that on the official McDonald's site they actually just say that it's uh soft serve blended with Shamrock Shake syrup. They don't say what
1: it is. <laughs>
0: it's Listerine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and that's Dustin's Riverdale update. You're we welcome. Ah. <laughs> uh!
0: It up. Oh, my God. Come back, Dan. You can just fix uh, it in post.
2: No, no, we can't do that. That's, uh, our fans demand integrity. But <laughs> we have standards. Hosts. We have standards. And those standards <laughs> include, uh, leaving the scripts in. Because you know what? We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect.
0: Oh, Except this has got philosophical.
2: Uh, well, you know what else is philosophical, Tori? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, what, Dan?
2: <laughs> uh, a little show called Devs.
0: It is philosophical. It's real philosophical.
1: It, it um, is.
2: Uh, it's a new show on FX on Hulu, uh, which uh, Dustin was very confused about last week. But <laughs> what, is this a
1: show that airs on FX as well, or just no. FX on Hulu? It's
2: just it's on Hulu. Just F- yeah. What but, about Breeders? But, that's yeah. an actual FX show. Okay, got it. I think. I don't know. Anyway,
1: <laughs> Breeders was not good. By the way, <laughs> we're not here to talk about that, though.
2: We're not here to talk about breeders. Uh maybe maybe next time if Dustin mean can, can spirited convince
1: us. Yeah, you have to keep show. watching it,
2: Dustin. <laughs> Just keep going and maybe we'll add it to the recaps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about Dev's, finale. It's uh it's a new show premiered they premiered the first two episodes last week. Uh it's created by Alex Garland, uh, who did Ex Machina Annihilation, uh he wrote Sunshine and a bunch of other Danny Boyle movies. So, you know, he's a he's probably one of the if not the preeminent science fiction writer-director currently, Uh, and this is his first TV show, uh, and I have very mixed feelings.
0: (laughs) Whereas Dustin and I are actually of an accord on this one. I think this is the first time
2: that it's a Dustin and Tori. uh, So why don't you guys explain your enthusiasm for it, because maybe it'll convince me. (laughs) (laughs) Tori's better with the words, so... You, oh, you, you, well, that's a lot a of shot. pressure.
0: Uh, so, I, the sh- let's start with the premise. So, the show yeah, is about... Uh, it takes place in kind of a Silicon Valley, modern setting. Uh, there is a company called Amaya, and it, they're kind of a, a Google, you know, massive tech corporation uh, run by a very Jesus-y Nick Offerman. Uh, the main character is a programmer there. She does encryption. Her name is Lily, um, and she, uh, her boyfriend also works there. But he's in like the AI department. And so mm-hmm. the first episode, he's working on um, a predictive mapping program uh, that w- w- it's intended to map and predict uh, the movement of. Like a very small, I forget what, like a nemo worm organism. or something, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like a very tiny organism. The idea is it's an AI that would be that is predictive. Uh, and Nick Offerman's character is so impressed by the work that he invites Sergei, uh, the boyfriend, to join this kind of shadowy uh, suborganization of Amaya called Devs. So it's this mysterious uh, department that is. The dev the Amaya campus is already kind of in this very nice wooded area with a giant girl statue. Um, and <laughs> I don't think giant is, girl
1: statue really captures what that actually is. It's,
0: um, it's like yeah, the, I don't...
1: <laughs> it's like the female version of the uh, the Shoney's big boy.
0: It's yeah, it's like the creepy. But like thing.
2: a little bit, like the the expression. I don't know if it's changing, but it feels like it. It looks like ominous oh, yeah, or. Yeah. Yeah. Friendly well, it's also on uncomfortable
0: wing. because it's so tall and it's wearing a dress and there are a lot of shots of characters kind of like by its feet where the camera starts panning up and I'm like, are those people just looking up her skirt? And it's especially weird when the, the other shoe drops and you realize that that is supposed to be a statue of Nick Offerman, whose name is Forrest, uh, his dead daughter. <laughs> so all oh, yeah. of his employees oh, yeah. theoretically... Or could be upskirting a giant <laughs> statue of his daughter. Okay, Aside yeah, yeah. from that, <laughs> um, yeah, so the the dev's compound is even further into the woods and it's protected by a Faraday uh, cage and a vacuum layer and inside of it is a computer unlike anything uh, that anyone's ever seen. So Sergey is given access to this and just told the kind of, like, read the code, figure it out. You'll figure out what to do. And it turns out that he is a Russian spy
2: because mm-hmm. of course
0: he is. Uh, and he is killed. Uh, they figure out that he's been spying, they kill him. And then the rest of the episode, the rest of the series seems to be take taking off from his girlfriend, Lily, trying to figure out what happened to him. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the first main kind of wrinkle in it is that even though you see, uh, the Amaya security officer, Kenton, um, suffocate uh, Sergei Uh, they then produce basically deep fake footage uh, security cam footage of him leaving the compound and then later coming back and lighting himself on fire right (laughs) so they've got their bases covered and then it's about her kind of figuring out that he's a spy and contact and and also but but the main question is what is the secret that Amaya that Mm. the Nick Offerman's character is hiding Mm -hmm. um, that's so important uh, and it it has to do i think with that predictive um tech and and you know the one thing that you know is that the computer is more than quantum so whatever operations uh their main business is operating which is state of the art um uh, this this kind of think tank has something that far exceeds that capacity um mm-hmm. okay. to the point where Nick Offerman's character says he can't even put a number to it
1: now um, yeah this is- tell me if I'm way off base, but this is what I think is going on with this program. It's predictive so much so that it basically determines, and this is why Sergey freaks out, it basically determines that there is no free will. So that everything that we do is predictive so that knowing that he can recreate his daughter, basically.
0: Right yeah if you're if you know basically in our DNA in our code if you if you're able to to map any organism, there are a set of choices and then there's a spiel that Nick Offerman's character gives about right. determinism and and right. the choices that you make are impacted by things so far beyond behind that, and it's a cumulative effect, and so you have this this sense of if you can teach a computer um how to predict based off of all of those all of that data it can then predict further so that you see this computer, um, they have it do a backwards, uh, kind of prediction Mm
2: -hmm.
0: where it, it, I think the implication is that it's taking information from our world today and going back 2000 years and it shows an image of, uh, Christ's crucifixion. Right. It's literally like, yeah, the computer can, can backfill, Mm-hmm. you know, data, and then you see uh, Nick Offerman's character, yeah, having it uh, create an image of his daughter as if she were still alive today, like what she would be doing today if she hadn't died. Uh, what they're going to do with this technology...
1: Yeah, I have no idea, but it's so fascinating.
0: You know, but he also, he's very clear on, like, I don't believe in multiverse. So this is not, like, it's not trying to crack into another reality. I think it's something about our reality um and maybe rewriting it like if it's if everything is code if everything is just data points that are predict, predictable can you can you change that code can you right. alter reality
2: right cuz so far his his uh some of the kind of the speeches he's made have kind of suggested that uh he believes that it's um that it's like it, he kind of believes in a deterministic uh, philosophy, right? Where it's like, of course, like when he tells Sergey right before he kills him, he's like, "Of course, you were going to do this. It's not you didn't make this right. choice. It was uh, programmed in you, basically."
0: Yeah, and there's another thing that um, did you catch in the second episode uh, where? So at the end of the episode, um, Lily meets with Sergey's handler, mm-hmm. um, Anton, and then Kenton, the security guard, like has had followed her, met, saw the guy, followed. The handler, and then mm-hmm. they get into a scuffle, mm-hmm. and uh, Kenton ends up killing him. Right. There's a shot of that scuffle that actually was in the
2: opening, at the very beginning at the right. very
0: beginning of the episode. So I think that oh. there may be a stylistic thing going on where because oh, there's get like that. an opening montage set to music where it, it seems like it's all shots of what the characters in the present are up to, mm-hmm. but then when you see and and that's a scene where you're like you it's from a distance you can't even tell who these two characters who are grappling are and then right. when you get to the end of the episode you you realize who they were and that it it actually you know it's it's happening that was a shot
1: from ah. the future so now yeah, you so start so, so it like... both
0: calls into question are the other scenes in that montage also from the future are you getting a glimpse at things that have yet to happen on the show
2: mm-hmm.
0: or is the entire show constructed as if it's coming from this computer program, and so you kind of have to doubt everything, right? Ah. All of those moments—so like smart. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, those are the little details b- that I like.
1: That's phenomenal details, and I'm sure it, they're going to blow it by the end.
2: But <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, you have to save that for later. <laughs> I know, but it's really good now and really compelling. Okay, yeah. so here's my all. Everything you guys have said, I agree with and I have enjoyed those elements. Um here's my I I'm enjoying the show. I like the show. Uh it's incredibly well um well made. The visuals are amazing. Uh, the cast is great. Um the the questions they're asking are compelling. Um my one hang up so far. And it's not, you know, it's not like I'm not going to keep watching cuz I'm definitely going to keep watching, but but my one hang up right now is that I I feel like there's so much going on and so much w- between the world building, the philosophical questions, this the scientific and tech questions. I don't feel like I have a good grasp on a lot of the characters and specifically uh Lily where yeah we don't know anything, of, like two episodes in, we don't know anything about her. We know she's kind of a loner and doesn't have many friends. Um, we know she loved her boyfriend. We know that she has this ex-boyfriend who she's roped in to, to help her out. Um, and he has kind of a weird beard. Uh, he does have a weird beard. <laughs> it is that, a weird beard. For, I don't know why, but it stuck in my head. I'm like, that's a weird beard. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> especially compared to um,
0: Offerman's beard, which is very lush.
2: Right. Um, but uh, But beyond that, we don't, no, and she's a good programmer but we don't know anything beyond that like we don't maybe she's and, part and, of the mystery i guess so but i mean i i i this is dangerously close to me veering into like she's not likable territory which is not what i'm doing <laughs> no but i, I, I would oh, i see how it is i would but, agree
0: with you i think there is something but i also and this is where i'm giving it the benefit of the doubt because there mm-hmm. is something um a little jarring you know in 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 some ways, and I think it might be intentionally uncanny about her performance. Yeah. So her character is played by um, Sonoya Mizuno, who yeah. was in Ex Machina,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: and also was in Maniacs. Uh, Maniac. Oh right, right. Weirdly, you know, she and she had the crazy suits and the hair and everything like that. <laughs> like, what's fascinating is. Um, I think she had a background as a dancer and all this stuff. And, and, you know, she hasn't necessarily... It would be easy to kind of say maybe it's a, an issue with her performance. And I don't think it is because I've seen her do so many other things so well. Right. So I think there is something very intentional about what they're doing with her character, which is yeah. making her awkward, making her... Even when she's emotional, it's like a... There's a slight disconnect to it. Mm-hmm. And it is very hard as a viewer to connect to her character and part of it is they haven't given you a whole lot of information about her. Right. But I think it's also literally like the way she carries herself.
2: Um, yeah.
0: It's there's just a distance to her. Mm-hmm.
2: Which well, considering and, you're finding her And I agree with that that like yeah. her like I'm enjoying her performance. I mean it, yeah. she's she's really like I'm I'm engaged with her and like her journey yeah um i just feel like there's so many mysteries going on i wish i knew a little bit more about her beyond uh and you know you're uh you're probably right that it's intentional um that makes sense to me but i also do wish i knew a little bit more about her
0: yeah something to ground you in the middle of all of
2: this yeah Yeah.
0: um yeah i think that's fair
2: because i feel like we know more about uh even though Nick Offerman's character is kind of a cypher, I feel like we know a little bit more about his drive than hers. Yeah. Other than, again, her drive is what happened to my boyfriend. Right. Um,
0: Yeah, and there's something very weird about like so you're already kind of coming into their relationship where it's it's a a set thing, and then he goes off and he's lost. So Mm -hmm. you don't really have a whole lot of info on their relationship, but you know they're they're very close. And then with the introduction, when she has to go and meet her ex boyfriend for help um, cracking Sergei's phone, well, yeah, because it's so fascinating. (laughs) It's like there's all this history, and she's kind of like, yeah. So um, yeah, at some point we'll talk about why we broke (laughs) up, but let's put a pin in. And then
2: but but he has. And it's not it's not anybody's fault, and it's like I get this is one of those things where I, I I see this scene and I understand why it has to be this way, because this show is incredibly complex and you just need to get the information out there. But he literally says, like in dialogue, he's like, So we dated and then you broke up with me and blah 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 like he he, he recaps yeah. their relationship in like a fifteen second line of dialogue. Yeah. And it's just like, I know, I know you have to do it and I know that there's no way around it, but, uh, it's a little bit of a bummer. <laughs> well, especially, me, this way.
0: but also, you know, I think that's, it's, it's okay to be fr- like, I bought it in the moment cause it, mm-hmm. it did seem like an appropriately exasperated, like, let me get this straight. This is the, this is what you want from me right now. And like, I kind of understood that, but there was also, yeah. there's a level of if they, I'm assuming they're going to have to develop that relationship further. Right, because if it continues to be like the heartbreak that they've just put a pin in, it's like you could have just had this be an old college buddy. Like right, it didn't right. need to be an ex. <laughs> she didn't need to have dropped some guy unceremoniously to get together with her Russian spy boyfriend. Right. Like all of this must matter somehow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I hope because and yeah, he, if it doesn't,
2: it, well, it feels like they <laughs> they did start to lean into that a little bit in the second episode when it uh, when she learns that he was a spy and he's. And she's, uh, or when she, when she confirms that he was a spy. And um, she's like, I didn't know him. And the, the handler is like, no, of course you knew him. Like, that stuff was all true. It's just that you didn't know what his job was, basically. Right. Um, and so that, uh, yeah, so it, it seems like that relation, like her wrangling with her... Um, her choices? Her choices and her romantic rela- re- uh, relationship with Sergey uh, will no doubt continue to reverberate and be a be an emotional uh, hang-up for her. Um, but, but I mean, also, like, they're
0: going to have to do something about her relationship with Jamie.
2: Right. The ex, because
0: it I, I certainly seems like he's going to continue to be a part of the show. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like and they he's,
2: can't he's, he's just continue her. to be like, yeah. You You got to ride
1: that beard.
0: <laughs> God damn it, Dustin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, like, despite my hang-ups, I will say... Uh, two Asians in leading roles so a plus a plus for yeah. devs <laughs> it's, it's a, really a perfect TV. show also no, it's good, good. I'm, I'm really i'm i do like it i just i i'd like to know a little more about the character also um uh,
1: uh, alison pill
2: oh yeah <laughs> alison pill
1: three television series she's in this year apparently
0: yeah she's this picard and she's
1: going to be in something called them covenant on amazon
0: oh i'm
1: is that I another really witch show? It's not. Oh, okay. I don't. I, think, I don't think.
0: Oh, what is the no? But no. But Freeform has a new witch show. Yeah, there's it's another. It's like Motherland, like, Fort Salem, or something. Yes, or
2: like the, the. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it
0: looks. I'll probably watch it.
2: <laughs> oh wait! No, I feel like it,
1: there's been a lot of witch shows. It might be a witch show, actually. <sighs> mm, whatever. I like Alison Bill. I miss her since news. Room. Since <clears throat> what? What
0: Nothing. was that one?
1: Nothing. <laughs> 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 what? What? what did you... We're going to talk about The Outsider tonight, huh? <laughs> wait.
2: Wait. What show was it? Hey, well, we I know. It's a movie, it. isn't it? I mean, no, I, I it
1: was it's a show. A movie, it was. It was.
0: To... <laughs> I think you're gonna have to speak up.
1: Newsroom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? I, I I don't know if I caught that, but I feel like Dustin was saying the newsroom <laughs> uh, created by Aaron Sorkin.: That's right <laughs> which ran on h b o for three seasons three seasons kind wonderful of wonderful seasons. The, the last season was like six episodes okay. uh, and it went really it got real weird. <laughs>
1: uh, and we know
0: how Dustin imagine looks. how, we how
1: weird it would be now, though, I mean, really.
2: See, I, I, I'm, it I'm very glad that now. that joke went away. Where like there was like a year. Oh yeah, that joke was uh, like where, where it was like imagine always. how the newsroom would cover this. I was like, no, no, I don't want to think about I that. T- but <laughs> it's bad enough already. <laughs> but once again, Podjab is not a political show, so we're That's not going to get into that. Um, so Dustin wants us to get on to the Outsider, which is a show on HBO, much like the Newsroom, which will that, probably uh, run
0: for three seasons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, the finale aired on Sunday. Uh, we were recording this on Monday night, as we normally do. So we've all seen the finale of, I guess, the first season, and well, not well, the series, not... because... Okay, yeah. Well, they stopped calling it a limited series, apparently. Uh, I think Roxana mentioned that in her piece, which we'll link to, because yes. uh, her piece is great. You should read it. Um, but I get the sense that all three of us and Dustin you had read the book right yes okay so you already knew kind of the ending that they were going to moving toward but uh, I feel like all of us were disappointed <laughs> in various ways
1: yes and then it was for me uh, the book started out amazing and then ended in a thud and mm-hmm. then here the TV series was actually much better than the book Book in every respect, except that it also ended in a thud. So I was disappointed twice, in The Outsider,
0: which you also warned us about. Because yeah, yeah. you were like, when we were all like, "Oh my god, the first couple episodes are so great," and you're like, <laughs> "Well, just hold your horses." Right. <laughs> uh, so, but what...
1: were, I mean, there wasn't much way to fix that, even with Richard Price, without completely changing it.
0: Yeah. So do you think that they made any improvements in the finale? Like, you know, or was it just the cumulative improvements of everything that they did over the course of the season? Or was it just equally as disappointing? It was a wash.
1: Um, I, believe it or not, I think it was a little more coherent on TV, which is really hard to believe, given what wow. we saw.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Really? Yeah. So like the
0: whole cover up, like the book didn't explain it.
1: Not, like, I mean, it's been a couple of years since I read it, but not that I recall. I think honestly, by that last hundred pages, I was just like, oh
2: god, please just end. <laughs> <laughs> so weirdly, the cover up part didn't bother me. Um, like yeah, yeah. they, they kind of hand waved at it, and yeah, yeah. we're like, yeah, we're just all we're all telling the same story. It's fine, don't worry about it. Um, we're gonna exonerate him, and you know, don't uh, no nobody question anything. Um, that part of it, I actually didn't. I mean, they didn't answer how they did it, but uh, but it didn't. Yeah, I I wasn't bothered by it, but I was uh, I was definitely bothered by the cliffhanger ending where which I guess the book didn't have. No, um, and that they so they're setting it up for a potential season two of who knows what because it seems like they're changing the rules of the of the monster basically. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so the the mid-credits scene shows Holly Gibney Mm -hmm. with a scratch on her arm. Right. Which, given the rules we know, should imply that uh, El Cuco is now taking on her persona. Right. um, To, you know, go on his next killing spree. Right. The issue being, if you watch that finale, uh, El Cuco never got (laughs) anywhere close enough to her to scratch her. Uh, There is. And also
2: had his head smashed. And also Mm -hmm. had
0: his head smashed. So definitely should be. I mean, he's a boogeyman.
2: When she
1: stabbed him with a knife
2: while he was dead, but she had long sleeves. It it was just the placement of it. It was like, no, I know, but it was it was real. uh, It was hard to believe put it that way.
0: There's also like another weird hint in that confrontation where they kind of almost set up like, Oh, well maybe there are other El Cucos. Right. So I don't know if that's like, if it's going to be just, because so there's, there's the fact that, um, there's a bit of dialogue in that where they, when they meet up with El Cuco and question him and he almost tries to hint that like, well, you know, maybe there are others or whatever. Um, and then there's the fact that the assistant DA the previous episode um, had been given uh, had been presented with a murder case uh, that looked very similar to Frankie Peterson. Mm-hmm. That was not that was clearly not done by this El Cuco, um, but it's kind of what got the ball rolling for him to go, oh, maybe Terry really didn't do this, right? But we're all like, who the hell is this dead kid, right? Because it's not. <laughs> um, so I have a. I'm curious. Yeah, so I mean like there are a couple loose, very loose threads if you wanna follow a multiple El Cuco theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean look, I was bothered by the imprecise nature of the cover up just because it was it was just like how do you explain all of those people being at those damn caves? Right. <laughs> like who's gonna buy this and you have to get Glory involved. Right. You know, and all this stuff. I'm like... But I have to... My biggest problem, which I, I remember checking with Dustin about, like, was this in the book? Uh, the thing that made me the angriest in the finale was the fucking snake.
1: Do sex. snake Well,
0: no, and That's here's right. why. It's not just that Jack got bit by a snake, which right. was dumb. It was right. so, so stupid.
2: Yeah. But my problem with it was...
0: <laughs> Jack goes on a freaking killing spree
2: mm-hmm.
0: kills a very almost,
2: graphic a killing spree
0: very graphic and like yeah. really heartbreaking, like the people that he killed, like you know they're great characters, you felt right. bad for them, it was just it was just heartbreaking um and then he you know he's sitting there, and you know Holly yells at him through the scope and he doesn't shoot her and you mm-hmm. know and it, it's like it just none of it makes sense, and mind you, he's got the. They they show shots of his like neck rash throbbing, right? Which is supposed to be like okay, he has a certain amount of free will, except that if he exercises it, exercises it against El Cuco's wishes, El Cuco puts him in excruciating pain, right? I, right.
1: Okay, I never understood any of that, but okay. Which
0: it's a Renfield thing, but it's dumb. Like I don't and it never thing. makes up a lot of. Huh? Okay,
1: I don't understand the Renfield thing, but okay, yeah, yeah. I,
0: um, you know, in in uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, you know the Tom Waits character.
1: Mm, no, Francis Ford. Oh, oh, that Dracula
2: <laughs> the one with Keanu. That sigh was just perfect. Yeah, the one
0: with Keanu. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> the Tom Waits. Anyway, whatever so he you know so there there's it, it's a trope in vampire things where the the dracula character will have a human servant who can kind of do things for him during the daytime and there's usually some sort of connection made uh so he can control him yeah um so that's kind of what this whole neck rash scenario is setting up it's like you know he's controlling him but he, because he needs an agent that can operate to bring him food which Never mind the fact that the whole, the difference between El Cuco feeding on grief versus feeding on flesh. Like, the first half of the season, it's like, oh, no, he just really likes grief. And he's just setting up people to be upset. And that's what he feeds off of. And it's like, no, maybe he just enjoys that and he still has to, like, eat armadillos. Like, it, right. It, that didn't make any sense. Um, so, he's got, so he's got Jack and he's been controlling Jack. And Jack just got, goes on this killing spree for him. And then the snake bites him. And so he's going to die.
2: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Not just that, but the snake approached him once and he like knocked it off the, the right. rock that he was perched on. And, and then it came, it came back. back.
0: So also, yeah, snakes don't do that. <laughs> um, and he and even when it was like the snake came back, it didn't. He doesn't make a move for it. <laughs> it apparently <laughs> just chased him down, which snakes don't do. So now he's he's dying, but he's still got the Renfield thing. So I guess he decides that it's now, because he's dying, uh, there's no reason for him to listen to El Cuco. So he has like a late stage attack of, of conscience. Mm-hmm. And he climbs down off his cliff, off of his you know vantage point and goes down and he's, He's going to, and he talks to the survivors. And his piece of advice is basically that they need to go into the caves because that's where El Cuco is, which they know. That's why they're there. And then he shoots himself in the face. Right. So he didn't need to come off. He could have just shot himself up there. He could have just waited to die up there. Also, I'm not entirely sure why a snake bite would make him more able to resist El Cuco's influence considering he should just be in even more pain like all of it was unnecessary
1: yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I just
0: really that of all that, of the nonsense <laughs> the goddamn snake just
1: pissed me off so much.
0: it's like just have him fight against the influence I don't know just, yeah, yeah, just You just killed also like three or four up,
1: people mm-hmm. the guy in the hood who disappeared Wait you the guy are, in the hood? Yeah, you you brought that, that up with me this morning. I, and I completely forgotten about the guy in the hood because that's well,
0: but it's El Cuco. Right. right. But yeah, but, they, they make the point during the early episodes of showing the like crowd scenes and then zooming in on like there's the dude with the hoodie. And
2: right. then they and just he's hanging out and his face looks weird and then
0: Yeah, and you're like, Oh shit, like that's the guy, like that's crazy. And it was just like a cool thing in the episodes where you're like, Where's Waldo? But like evil Waldo and then they just stop doing that because it's like, oh well, now you know who it is. It's it's right. El Cuco, so like, why bother?
1: Yeah, and they did the same thing in the book, which was also weird. But I didn't even think of it until you mentioned it this morning. Oh, too. they like
0: make a point of mentioning a guy in a hoodie. Yeah, in yeah, scenes? yeah.
1: And <sighs> then later on, it's like, oh, they don't they don't go back to it.
2: So it's kind of like once he once he starts becoming. Uh... I'm blanking on the character's name Claude. but the yeah, Claude uh then he kind of disappears in the book.
1: Yeah. I, I the the series was actually pretty faithful to the book as best I I can remember. Oh, okay. But yeah. I think I think it just works better as a TV series than a, as a book. Okay. But I so think... so
2: that that actually leads me to my my half-baked theory which uh I wanted to to test out here and then you guys can tell me how wrong I am. Um so the problem with this story is in the ending. Um, they, there are obviously adjustments that they made that we don't like, specifically leaving it open to a season two that we may not want. Um, but the uh, the the talent between the the cast, the writers, the directors—they're um, so good at making a show. Like like I kind of feel like this this was yeah. always going to be a an unsatisfying ending. I mean, as long as they stuck with the, the book's ending. Um, and that we would never be, like, there's no way to make this a satisfying ending, but they're so good at making a television show that we were, uh, we were kind of sucked in by basically the, the fact that it's a good, that it's really talented people making a TV show.
1: Right. Yes. And, but
2: the uh, thing is, oh wait, continue if you have more to say. Oh no, it well, well it was just, um, because especially the early part, again, where they where they're, they feel like they're dealing more with grief, it feels like a show more like Broadchurch kind of, um, versus, but uh, where it's it's slower and it's about the people, it's about their emotions, um, but because this is Stephen King, it veers into the supernatural, right? Um, and unless they were going to remove that ending, which you know clearly they weren't going to do. Um, it it feels like it was kind of an impossible task almost to make this uh, to make this feel like the same show that we started with at the beginning.
1: Yes, but, and that might be like the saving grace for this, is that they have Richard Bryce. They have mm-hmm. Dennis Lane, So a season two that doesn't have to abide by the novel. Right. Because there is no novel. Right. <laughs> Which was what happened in The Leftovers. The season one was okay because it was basically Parada's novel, but seasons Uh two and three didn't have a novel, and they were, like, two perfect seasons of television. The two best seasons of television of the uh, last decade. (laughs) (coughs) I mean, you know...
0: That's supernatural mean, erasure, but okay.
2: <laughs> Supernatural's right there. The Mandalorian's right sure, there. Sure, yeah. There's a lot. Lodge uh, 49. But I
1: mean, you got Richard Price and Dennis LaHain. <laughs> I will take a season two with those. Yeah, guys. I mean, that's the
0: thing. Like, even no matter how disappointing even this finale is, given mm-hmm. the cast and the creators behind it, I will right. tune in Although for a second lost season.
1: half the gas. But you still got,
2: you know, Mendelssohn. Well, I
0: mean, as long as you have Mendelssohn and, and Cynthia Erivo. like, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah yeah they they set up uh, yeah the the fact that that was the other thing about the uh i, I don't want to go back to the mid credit scene again but um that you kind of didn't need that because they basically had like their like their bond is now formed, and it's like oh yeah, if yeah. they just go off on some other random adventure, I would watch that
1: yeah i think
0: the the main challenge is that um now that the first season has established that there is something supernatural in this world and right. and a huge part of it was Mendelssohn's character having to accept that, you can't really step back from that brink into, like, normal cases. Right. And I think that's a shame because what was so brilliant about the first few episodes or, like, you know, the premise of this, before you knew it was a boogeyman, it was this, you know... The idea of a person cannot be in two places at once. Right. How did this murder happen? We have equal evidence, you know, that this person unequivocally killed this kid and that this person was absolutely out of town, could not have done it.
2: No right. question.
0: That was fascinating. And that so drove like a legal the show. Thriller. And yeah, and it was a thriller and, mm-hmm. you know, to, to a certain extent, there was no way to resolve you know, and that's ultimately the issue here. There was no way to resolve it without ent- introducing a monster. There was no, you know, if there could have been a logical, some sort of whodunit, you know, it was the guy in the mask all along, you know, like, which it kind of was, <laughs> it just wasn't some old dude, you know, at a theme park. It was right. a monster. Right. Um but now that you've now that this is the case that they've come together on and they both know that there is something more to the world than rational rationality could you know explain,
2: mm-hmm.
0: how do you have a second season that's just a normal case?
2: Well, it doesn't have to be a normal case, but i I don't know um, but but yeah. well,
0: would there this, be any supernatural case that that would be satisfying
2: Right
1: thing here is that the Cynthia Irivo character is in three previous Stephen King novels in which there isn't a supernatural element, or at least not a huge supernatural element. Right. Because it's like more, Mr.
0: Mercedes, right?
1: Right, they're more sort of detective novels.
2: Uh huh.
1: And then she gets drugged, dragged over into The Outsider. But they can't go backwards because those, that show's already been done. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: <sighs> It's well, anyway,
2: <laughs> we were, uh, overall, I think people still liked it, but yeah, disappointed oh, I, in the finale. I don't think I liked it much after like episode three or four,
1: except, you know, who I love and, and, and nobody ever talks about her. And I was also disappointed, uh, that they didn't give her a very particularly satisfying ending, which is Julianne Nicholson from Ally McBeal. Mm. Because I'm old.
0: (laughs) I love Alan McPhee. That's
1: okay.
0: (laughs) It's a great show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And she, you know, they didn't give... The the whole first few episodes were about Terry Maitland, and by the end, he's like an afterthought. But I want her to get sort of like a satisfying you know, conclusion she, of right, some kind. She, she didn't, she got to hug her daughters and that was
0: about it. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, that whole scene with the DA too, where he shows up and he's like, because of the lawsuits, I can't tell you what's in my heart. And she's just like, right. okay, bye.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that, that, that's
2: the, that's the other thing that felt so weird about, even, even as I was entertained by kind of like the later stage stuff, but that show, like the show that began with, uh, with, uh, like, like a, uh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. And, uh, yeah, like, it, it felt like, like, that feels like three shows ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can barely remember that. Oh, right, that's where we started.
0: That's, and that was a great show.
2: Yeah. Um, well, we'll see what happens with The Outsider. Uh, I, I'm guessing that it's going to come back, but. Uh,
0: the inevitable next season.
2: Yeah, but you know that's that's like two years away, and we have to deal with Westworld next week, so don't worry about that. Um, Because TV never ends, Uh, much like (laughs) this podcast, which uh, does end, but it never ends without a game. That's
0: true. So, if only the Outsider had a game.
2: Yes. Oh, if they if they ended the episode with just a random game, that'd be would you like to play a game? damn it! (laughs) This week's game is uh, the untitled newlywed slash family feud kind of guessing game thing, uh, which is the name that I came up with. It's a very descriptive name. So uh, this is how the game is going to go. Tori and Dustin have given me their top five uh, TV shows of all time, and they're going to have to try to guess one another's lists. Um, so they're going to get kind of like the, uh, you know, the, I'm going to be like, all right, give me an answer from the top five, and then they'll have to guess, and then I'll say yes or no, and they'll get strikes, like Family Feud, I don't know, I who's watched yeah. Family Feud in like 15 years? But um, to decide yeah, who goes first.
0: Wait, 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 I have a question. Yes. okay. If I've changed my list since I submitted it to you, do you I have that. to tell you now?
2: Uh Wait, What? <laughs> You can't change your list.
0: Uh, fine.
2: I mean, you can, it's but then you have to. It's just
0: a lot of to, like, pressure. It's of all time.
2: To, if you can like DM it to me right now, then I'll make the change. <laughs> but otherwise, your list I is. I kind uh,
0: of want to revert to my original. I can do that. Can you? Okay.
2: Sure. All it's right. just changing so, out that last one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. one. okay. Okay. So uh, don't worry, Dustin. You can still cheat. I'm sure you will. Uh, so here. So. I- I- you so should just let to, me go first because it's easier. For no, me. no, no. So here's how we're going to decide who goes first. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, the way that uh, it, instead of the family feud, like, you know, normally they bring you up and then have you answer some question randomly. So uh, the, the question that you have to answer randomly is uh, either of you just yell out your answer when you have one. Um, you have to pick out a show that would be on my top five list. So
0: Lodge 49
2: incorrect no, what no i know shocking right remember this is all time so.
0: uh mandalorian <laughs>
2: no let's uh, not no. On my dan list. you
0: are like legally obligated to say <laughs> yes after what you did to me <laughs> i'm pretty sure we have an agreement that legally we all think that's the best show. survey
2: says incorrect uh, uh, but, you know feel free to oh, keep wow. guessing like the patriots Nope. No, I wouldn't think that. Oh,
0: uh, Perpetual Grace. No, 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 no. Nope. We're, talking, no. about we're um, talking about all time here. We're talking about
2: all time. You guys are thinking too niche. Like, you gotta just find... Friends. The, find the... Uh, incorrect, but you're... Getting closer. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Incorrect. <laughs> Better off Ted? No.
1: Uh, Arrested Development? No. Oh, it's a comedy?
2: I mean, maybe. There are there five options on this no. list. B- no. Brooklyn
0: Nine-Nine. Please say Brooklyn no. 9 God damn it.
2: Parks. I know. Correct. Parks and Recreation nine. is number five on my list. <laughs>
0: Yet again, Dustin, did.
2: Um, Cheating. The other shows on the list were Cheers, Scrubs, M.A.S.H., uh, and uh, Friday Night Lights. So, oh, look at oh, you with okay. your taste. Um, okay, so Dustin Dustin gets to go first. That was just to <laughs> decide order. Um, so Dustin... Give me a show that is on Tori's top five of all time. Oh, um, Ducktales. Correct. Ducktales is number three on the list. So keep going. What else is on Tori's top five?
0: Oh, we're Where doing pool rules. Keep... He just keeps to keep sinking
1: balls.
2: Yeah, until he get he misses <laughs> it, then he gets a he gets a strike, and then it's your turn. Uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Correct. That's number one. <laughs> uh, all right. You got Sup- two of the five. Supernatural? Incorrect. What? I know. Tori. Uh, but that's, that's, on the li- that's not on the list. So uh, All right, so Dustin got the first two, t- and he has a strike. How Tori, you watch a show turn? for
1: 15 fucking
2: seasons?
0: Yo, thanks <laughs> to that last-minute change, Supernatural <laughs> isn't on the
2: list. <laughs> uh, uh, Tori, <clears throat> what is on Dustin's top five?
0: Uh, leftovers.
2: Correct. That's number one.
0: Uh, then he's going to go with Terriers. Incorrect. No.
2: Not on the list.
0: Wow. All
2: right, Dustin, this is your second turn. Uh, you've got three, three shows left to try to pick. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, there's another cartoon on there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's probably one I don't know, so I'm going
2: to go with Castlevania. Incorrect. That is your second strike. Tori, back to you. Four options left on Dustin's list. You already have the leftovers.
0: Okay. Uh, the Wire.
2: Incorrect. What? I know. Hard to believe, right? Mm. I mean, it's Dustin. Like, why? It, it feels like it should be on there. I'm going to
0: start uh, naming shows that he would be appalled to have on. <laughs>
2: Alright, uh, Dustin, you have two strikes uh, so this is your last round But you have uh, two of Tori's five So Oh, fuck I can't be that um,
1: um, uh,
2: Legion <coughs> <laughs> Incorrect <laughs> That is your third strike. You got uh I you thought got this two. would be so easy
1: and for some two to on
2: be. Tori's list. Uh I'm Super not gonna NHL, tell you the rest of the kinda... list yet. But uh Dustin, I'm a cliche, right, so...
0: but I'm not that cliche.
2: <laughs> Alright, so Tori, you you have one strike did your last turn. Um uh you are you so you only have the leftovers, but you have four left on the list. Okay.
0: Friday night lights.
2: Correct. <sighs> Friday night lights is on the list at number three. It's <sighs> okay. tied two two. So, Tori, you can win it here. No pressure.
0: Yeah. What oh. oh, What is he? But, uh, oh, this is really hard. I'm going to say... Because he likes all TV shows.
1: <laughs>
0: and I'm really resisting the urge to say manifest. <laughs> it's like I just want to tank myself. Uh, it's not going to be that, cause that kind of thing. Uh, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, Scrubs.
2: Correct. God damn it. Yes. <laughs> Scrubs was number four on the list. Tori wins the uh, untitled uh, newlywedslash family feud oh. guessing game thing. Uh, the other ones on the list. Uh, so for Dustin, number two was Better Call Saul. Of course. And number five was six feet under. Uh, oh. For Pori! <laughs> two number two was Mister Show. Number four was Fringe, and number five, which Fringe. was before too. the flip, Supernatural, but flipped back From to, the, to the Muppet Show, the original. Oh, Muppet the show. Muppet Show! Good so nice. I should have known Fringe. Yeah, uh, that was exciting. I, I really that was enjoyed really that. that was really good. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, Tori! You've won the game. You pulled it out at the last minute. Um, you know Dustin better than Dustin knows you. Is uh, is the way that I would uh, take that. So
0: I'm gonna put that in my bio. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. Thank you. That was really fun. Uh, And And now I feel bad that we all we both kind of tanked your best ofs.
2: We shared two of the same. It wasn't really. We did share two of the sh- two of the same shows, um, which was
0: really helpful because <laughs> it was like a reminder. And I was like, I bet Dustin watched that. Like, seems seems like me too. Uh,
2: all I get from that is that I, f- I sound as old as Dustin, which is uh, I'm okay with that, even though I'm not. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Either way, Tori, you've won the game, uh, Thank and you. so you you get to rant or select someone to rant. <sighs>
0: Uh, actually, I want to hear, hear Dustin rant. I bet he's got something going on.
1: <laughs> I don't have a rant, but I did give Dan a couple of tiebreakers that I'm curious about here. And now I'm going to guess on my own. For you, Tori, um, uh, I, it was Officer 30 Rock, and um, you're 30 Rock. And also Seinfeld or Friends, you're... Oh, Friends. No.
0: No. I am definitely thirty rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would go Seinfeld over Friends.
1: Mm, same. Maybe yeah. Do Dan. you rem- do
0: you not remember me not being able to remember anything <laughs> that happened on Friends?
2: Yeah. Do you oh, not remember right. the episode where I lost I'll my start. mind? <laughs> Dan, if you want to listen to that episode? It's called. I think it's called something about the one where. Tori and Dustin make Dan <laughs> yell <laughs> or lose his mind or something um, because Dustin and Tori do not know anything about Friends and uh, I'm not, I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to get into it now. Uh, you have to listen to what, you go back and listen to that episode and you can hear what happens. So you're a
1: Friends over a Seinfeld person?
2: No, uh, Seinfeld is a superior show, but I watched Friends much, much more. Right. So I know Friends as a show way better than I know Seinfeld. Seinfeld is a better show. Uh, And you're both. The Wire over Breaking Bad.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Me
1: too.
0: I mean, honestly, anyone who says otherwise, like, they just haven't actually watched The Wire.
1: And yet, (laughs) none of the three of us had The Wire
2: in our top five.
0: It is a better show, but it's but it's the personal.
2: Yeah, this right. is your top, like yeah. the shows that you That's you true. enjoy.
0: Like I almost put the wire on because I'm like it is. Like if I had to, if you were to like hold a gun to my say, head and say like, what is the best TV show ever made? I would right. I would have to say the Wire. Right. But if you're talking about like what
2: things, this is like the stuff that you like that you would hold up.
0: Yeah, like I was this close to putting the X Men cartoon on there, and <laughs> uh, I was like, Dustin, it's I just why.
1: <laughs> um, you I never would get, never have guessed. That.
0: You would never have gotten when you said. Honestly, when you said, "There's another cartoon in my head," I thought I had the X Men cartoon on there, and I was like, "Yeah, there totally is." <laughs> there wasn't. <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, what I think is interesting. So last night, because after after watching The Outsider and then watching Avenue Five, obviously the new season of Curb comes on, and it's the episode with John Hamm or whatever. And I haven't seen an episode of A Curb. What? Kirby
1: hey, Amazon must not last night. Yeah, here.
0: he's apparent. The whole the gimmick is that he's going to be playing Larry David in something, so he's he's shadowing Larry David trying to pick oh, up mannerisms.
1: Oh, I want to love this. Hmm.
0: It's actually pretty funny. But so I hadn't seen an episode of Curb in a really long time, and I'm like, what the hell's happening? Um, <laughs> and we're watching it, and. And I, I explained to my husband, I'm like, I'm not a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And he's like, but you like Seinfeld. I'm like, I know. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand how I, it should be a one-to-one ratio. Like, if you like one, you should like the other. But somehow, it's like Curb is too real for me.
2: Right. <laughs> like, well, there, there is a... Curb does feel, especially because, I mean, much more earlier than now, but yeah. it, it grew out of kind of like a documentary realism style. Right. The first, um, so, the early
0: seasons, I was with it, and I was like, I yeah. love this. And then over the, it just got, like, kind of meaner.
2: Yeah. It's I why
1: I like, I like ABC Twin Peaks, but not Showtime Twin Peaks. It's because the same sense of humor, broader. like right. uh, Yeah, rounded out for mm-hmm. the masses. Like, I
0: love the Showtime one, but yeah, like, the ABC, the original run of Twin Peaks, is the best. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, that, but Curb is basically the uh, Showtime Twin Peaks of Seinfeld. Of Seinfeld, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, I have noticed that in, in later seasons of Curb, and I mean, I've, I'm behind on this season, but I've, I've watched all of them at some point, um, he, he does sound more like Jerry, I feel like. Like, somehow, something in, like, even his delivery, They've like he sounds a little around. bit more like Seinfeld, like the character Seinfeld, than, uh, than he did in earlier seasons. Um oh, I don't that's know.
0: weird I don't
2: know if it's just my brain connecting the two or if it if he actually does sound more like uh like the character, but what if that's
0: like about... a subtle long game they're playing where like where it started out of being like this is actually Larry David and then it's right. he he's slowly turning it into a performance of like a a performance of Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> and so like the final season of curb is him doing a comedians in cars with coffee. Riff. <laughs> He's like, I've got a new project.
2: <laughs> oh, that would be good. <laughs> be good. I would yeah. enjoy that. I'd watch that. Um, I don't think you will Anyway, that's that show. our show for the week. Uh, thanks to Tori and Dustin. Um, Dustin, I talked over what you said, so I didn't hear what you said, yeah, but fine. I'm going to just keep going with the outro anyway. So, uh, yeah, no, nobody cares, because you didn't win the game this week despite <laughs> cheating. Hashtag Dustin cheats. Uh, if you want to give us feedback, don't forget to reach out to producer Seth, he is uh, on Twitter. You can find him at lovespackle, at L-U-V-S-P-A-C-K-L-E. It's not dirty, so don't send your mind in that direction. It's a totally normal uh, Twitter totally, handle. Totally, um, He's <laughs> waiting to hear your feedback, and, uh, you know, let him... Remember, don't, don't forget Check. to let him know what happened on Survivor if you're on the East Coast. Because yes. he loves being spoiled on Survivor. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I really hope that doesn't ever actually tweet happen. We him around
1: 9 <laughs> <so 01 laughs>
2: on Wednesday night. She's <laughs> going to be so mad if that ever actually happens. Uh, anyway, we'll be back next week, uh, probably talking about Westworld. That's my guess. Don't box uh, us in. Anything no, could
0: happen. It's a long time. Anything week. could
2: Maybe Dispatch It From Elsewhere, which I'm going to go watch uh, in about an hour. So, that was like uh, season two, four, what? whatever. That was like season three's coming up. Yeah. That's still on? Oh, my God. Hey! <laughs> uh anyway, have a good night. Good night. Good night.
0: Good night.